people now are like, what? When they hear that, but I had to train myself to, and I had to really look into my inner child to see where to even start. My idea of creativity was very rigid. Welcome to the Wild and Creative Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Marie Thompson from wildandcreative.com. I'm a creative lifestyle expert and soul guide, and I am so excited that you are here because we are going to be diving into fun, creative, magical topics on every single episode. I would love it if you could help me rank higher on the iTunes podcast menu. So all you have to do to help me out is subscribe to this podcast. Let's get into this episode. Okay, I am here with Summer, who is a quantum shiftist, and her brand is Simply Summer. You've probably seen her online. She's always popping up in different places, so I'm so excited to have her with us today. So tell us a little bit about the stepping stones that you feel have been like the biggest stepping stones or how you've got to become a quantum shiftist. Like, does someone just wake up one morning and say, that's what I want to do? Or is there like a chain of events that happen where you're like, this is the life for me? Oh my God. Was it a, ch- it was a long chain of events. And, um, I should also like preface this with, I'm a Cuban redheaded Leo. So I am like super stubborn. So all of these chains of events are very extreme. Cause that was the only way I could get a hint from the universe apparently. Um, but no, actually when I was little, I grew up kind of isolated so it was like mostly me and my grandma a lot and I always saw other dimensions I never saw anything but vibration and energy and um, she may or may not have been placating me because she sees other things as well but I was never really closed up like most people do I grew up fast forward a little bit I got institutionalized in junior high for that and um, started shutting everything down to try and be normal and again I didn't even know what normal was because it was such isolation like I up until I was 25 I didn't know that people couldn't even so much as see ghosts. I'm like, so what do you see then? <laughs> or, or couldn't see sound waves. That baffled me too, that you could see heat waves, you can see sun waves, but you can't see sound waves. It was very odd to me. So I learned a ton of, well, physics, <laughs> which is where I got to calling myself a quantum shiftist. Um, Cause I realized that where I dwelled was a lot more of the unseen and people freaked out about that. Mm. Fast forward even more of me trying to block everything. My whole body just like shut down. I had had catatonic depression for years, super bad migraines, insomnia, fibromyalgia that almost had me in a wheelchair. I was miserable in like failed relationship after failed relationship, usually abusive failed relationships too. Um, I was in a hospital job that everyone thought should have been good. And one day, actually this has been happening a lot, but one day I collapsed and my coworker saw it and was like, dude, you, you need to get to a neurologist. That's not okay. I was only 25 and I was losing my ability to walk not only from the fibromyalgia, but it turned out early onset Parkinson's too. Right before that, I had been working with um, police departments helping to recover remains. Since I can see everyone, I would just literally like follow people to their bodies. And one of the times I found an extra body and the chief investigator thought the only way I could know about it is if I was involved. So then I got put in a criminal institution for almost a month. That was fun and shut down even more. After my body started failing, I started taking the mental part of it a little more seriously because I realized how much PTSD I was like shoving down between a bad childhood and institutions and all this other stuff and started actually listening to my body and opening everything back up again and listening not only to my body, but my guides 
And that um, helped me with a bunch of, I, I do non-substance addiction outreach around the world for people that have like love, sex, and codependency issues, particularly um, those who have come out of cults because you get brainwashed from a very early age and a lot of times sexually abused too. And um, we actually found that some of the more effective things with the people I was working with was the energetic hygiene that we were having them do as well, but it's a clinical setting. And I was actually a volunteer consultant. So one of my friends who's got like four PhDs and we had known each other out a while, finally started believing me that I see energy a little different and double dog dared me into this <laughs> uh, business. He's like, why don't you do, you know, all the psychiatry, you know, all of it behind it. You can get people, you get our cult kids back into a good place in like six weeks or less and they're helping other people and they have this weird glow about them none of us can describe like why don't you have a business doing that well why not was the institutionalizing and all the other crap but you know what i, I was like well survived it twice it can happen again and about three years ago i had been hit by a drunk driver i was bedridden so i had nothing better to do with broken ribs and a split sternum and I, that's how i started my business <laughs> It was literally the universe saying, okay, we're just going to put you in one place now so you can just like calm down yeah. and work on this yeah. a little bit. You have nine months of nothing to do but something good with your life. So have fun. And I was like, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let's say you've been through a lot of shit. <laughs> let's just say that, right? But so how has, how do you really see that as, how can you see the positive in that that have, has really brought you to this point now? Everything taught, well, first of all, everything gave me a strength to like get through things. And one of the biggest, um, I don't want to say issues because that sounds bad, but one of the biggest stumbling blocks I think that most people have is an inability to really trust themselves on a core level. And because of the fact that no one around me trusted me and for even at my word, even believing, I mean, except for maybe my grandma, <laughs> even believing that like my experience was my own experience, uh, it was just it was so minimalizing that I realized at a really early age, even my parents didn't believe me. So I realized at a really early age, like I had to have my back or no one would. Mm -hmm. And I've got now like a resilience in myself that I have to actually kind of train people to have in themselves. And I'm grateful because I mean, yeah, I went through some hell, but that gave me a capacity to help heal others in a completely different way. It also gave me a capacity, a learning because I had to consciously undo the psyche stuff. It's not all energy. You can't just clear away the trauma. You have to process it. You have to feel it. You have to let that hurt out and let it actually be healed. You can't just almond away. And so I learned not only the depth of the, the emotional and the physical and the spiritual fortitude needed for it and the baby steps, but how to show other people how to get it themselves without going through hell, because you can develop that strength without being, Again, Cuban, redheaded, stubborn Irishly, <laughs> and learn everything the super hard way. <laughs> How do you feel that? Like, I'm gonna. Okay, what do you what do you do for your clients now that really reflects on like what you've been through? So, what is it that you do for your clients as a quantum shiftist? Oh, <laughs> that's fun. We start like with belief systems, actually, because what you manifest is only that. And I learned that through being able to see vibrations, I can actually see the vibrations of people's beliefs and thoughts that create actions afterwards. And, and the easiest way to um, repave neuroplasticity so that your brain naturally will do something else. So we start there. 
um, with the belief systems. And then I also give them exercises and teach them how to walk through the multiverse because I've realized for, like for myself, it was actually a really comforting escape growing up because my actual life was not fun. So walking off into infinity was a blast. It wasn't terrifying at all. I found that most people have the opposite reaction and they're like, this life is cool and safe. Where are you taking me? Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, you didn't know there was stuff beyond the universe? Oh yeah, we're going past that. <laughs> and so once you're out there and you're in and you really not only sense your place within everything, but you can see outside of it, it's really easy to manifest everything towards you as well as immediately there's a different change and not feeling alone, not feeling like you have no purpose, not feeling like you're just you got plopped here to live this life of misery and confusion, wondering when you're ever going to find a purpose, even though you know you were put here to help. Mm -hmm. That actually, it's hard because that's an intangible thing, but yet it's like what we all want is the meaning and fulfillment and purpose of life and feeling good and connected. And then after that, like, yeah, they'll, I have a lot of people that come to me on medications within a couple calls. They've got their neural pathways going in a different way so they can get off medications, manifest crazy amounts of money. A woman I'm working with right now, within three calls, she had manifested $100,000 and she doesn't even actually work <laughs> or have, have a business. Um, and, oh, and a new Jeep too. She's so, had like three really great garage sales she didn't know about. <laughs> basically, Yeah. So I teach people how to hack the multiverse, but like how that looks is in different phases because I've noticed with either just coaching or just healing or just spiritual work, it like does one or the other, but like you have to fix the mind so that way the body can get fixed and your energy is also fixed inside too, all at the same time, not like one, the other, the other thing, all at the same time. I think that's the thing with like so many teachings or, or people even just trying to navigate life. It's kind of like they're working on their mindset, but then they're working on their physical form, but then they're working on their spirituality. And they're always just kind of like, I feel for a lot of people is a dividing line. Like, you know what I mean? They're not all working on them at once or they're not, they don't know how to like even approach that. Right. Can you give mm -hmm. us an example of, of doing just that? Right. Like even maybe, oh, yeah. yeah, a past story or something. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um, like I have a lot of my clients say that they uh, hate yoga. Yoga is really like getting in touch with yourself and it, it lets you know like how much you are not in tune with yourself. So I'll actually just have them do one, one round of sun salutations with affirmations on in the background. And before they do that, just kind of charge up the candle, which I teach them how to do um, with healing energy to burn off whatever is not serving them and making them resist this time with themselves that could be beautiful. Um, and then afterwards, they're like, oh, my God, I feel pounds lighter. And around salutations is like, what, three, five minutes, maybe, if that. But everything shifts all at once. And it's not like I'm going to sit in the mirror and tell myself I'm a millionaire and tell myself I'm a millionaire and then I'm going to go stretch and then I'm going to go play with crystals for a little bit. And then no wonder everyone's saying they don't have enough hours in a day to take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. I like doing moon, moon salutations. Yes! Those are so fun too. A lot of people haven't heard of those yet though. You know, it's funny. Like I hadn't really heard of them until like the, the whole act of it, like until maybe, I don't know, I would probably say like six months ago or something like that. Yeah. But it's just a very interesting um, activity for you to get in touch with, yeah, your thoughts, your emotions, your physical form, and just the intention setting of it too, right? I think that that's really, really cool. It's huge, yeah. So 
I want to really talk to you about, like, you have a spiritual business, and a lot of people have spiritual businesses, and let's talk about the pros and cons of a spiritual business, the ups and downs, and, like, the the hell yeses and the shitty times. <laughs> what do you feel has been, what do you, what do you feel has been the, the biggest hurdle for you in your spiritual business? Yeah. I'll start with the cons so that we, we can end on a positive note. All right. um, the cons, because some of the things, uh, the biggest results really are the intangible ones, like a shift in your mood and getting off of medication, which honestly, you know that that's tangible, but not everybody else sees your pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. um, or that feeling of fulfillment. And also along with that, there's a history of people that are, you know, healers or whatever it may be that not charging or charging very little or well honestly being treated like crap <laughs> and so um how dare you even ask for money so one of the cons is getting people to like take you seriously to well first taking yourself seriously to get others to take you seriously with that this is something to charge for because there's this very strange stigma that um because you're a healer or because you're an alchemist or because you're whatever you're not an md and you're not a psychotherapist and you're not you know, Tony Robbins, even though you're a combination of all of those things, that you don't deserve a red cent. Um, so that was one of the first things that came up against, and which is why I also, even though my clients get great non-tangible results, I'm like, oh yeah, and there was $100,000, and there was a car and stuff, because also as a spiritual person, that's not our focus either, mm -hmm. and nor is it our, our clients, like, necessarily pain points. So copywriting in a way where I could really show the advantages was a learning curve for sure. And they had come from a background in marketing too. So that was a learning curve. Also a lot of people that um, seek that guidance are kind of in a place where they want to be saved. Mm -hmm. So giving myself permission to like have some freebies for the ones who honestly they're terrified and they want someone to hold their hand and tell them it's okay. I have autism. Like I don't do touching. I don't do hand holding. I came from severe abuse. I really, I don't do fear unless, God, even with a gun to my head, that doesn't usually bother me. That's just a weird sentence. So <laughs> that's not my place. Um, and that has been another challenge is really defining my client and giving myself permission to and be, have it be someone else who's got um, the rest of the hierarchy of needs, so to speak, taken care of. And they need the self-actualization part um, because we really kind of tend to think that because we can help everyone, we want to help everyone. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone is ready to be helped. Some people are just ready to bitch. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's where they're at. And the last thing is just um, sometimes people get service-based confused with serving. So I would definitely recommend anyone starting off, like put in your privacy policies or your terms and conditions, whatever it is, um, times that you are definitely going to be off leash. Like my clients know between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'll respond. Um, but I'm not going to be responding to your emails in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely put some limits because sometimes people will, unfortunately, just because the society think like, oh, service, servant, but you're not. You are nobody's bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the pros, though, have been amazing because I've met some people that I never thought I would that are just incredible human beings that oh, they're just like light beings put on earth to help heal. And I love the connections that I've made as well as there are so many people that are here to help and they're here to raise the vibration of the planet and heal it as well as all the people on it and the next creation cycles 
And it's beautiful to watch these people like stepping in at themselves, like getting choked up, getting all happy and loving themselves in a different way. Seeing them developing that self-intimacy where they're their own best friend and they love every day and they wake up excited instead of drained all the time. And they've got like this different vivacity and, and tenacity for life and just this, their fire is reignited, but not in like a frantic kind of a way. In this like very calm, passionate, like, yeah, I got this kind of way. I just love seeing the other part that I can't describe so well, like their vibration and everything changes. So I can see sadness, like kind of get away. And, and it's just amazing to watch their lives change. And then the ripple effect, because a lot of the people I work with have kids and their kids are super enlightened and also need the guidance. And so they're having better home lives, better relationships. Like I just love seeing everybody love each other some more. It makes me so happy. <laughs> It's so interesting to see the different types of entrepreneurs, especially online, right? And offline, just in general. But I don't think that we kind of consider this as much, but there is that huge ripple effect for people working online, especially like in the service industry, right? Maybe um, coaches, mentors, consultants, or anything else that people are, you know, really doing that are touching other people's lives. And the fact is, you know, they're kind of, in a way, I'm not going to use the word training. Oh, yeah. Yeah using it now um but you know what I mean and then it's kind of like the ripple effect happens and then they teach on and then they teach on and then that's really really cool hey because it's just kind of like again changing the world's consciousness yeah that's the part that I get so excited about <laughs> so obviously there's so many people out there that have not taken the first step to do something bigger with their life right like they, they there's a lot of people that are yearning for that whole you know, I, I know that there is something big for me. Like I've always felt it since I was little, but they don't even know like where to go first. And obviously there's the question of, well, what's your purpose? Like go in that direction. Right. And it's, it's interesting because I do talk to a lot of people about like the whole alignment factor. And I really feel like the alignment factor first and foremost, for me anyway, comes in always feeling good. Right. And then there's all the other details that follow behind. But what would you say is something that you could kind of shed light on for these individuals that are wanting to do something big, but are really lost in their journey right now. <laughs> um, actually look in, you might be expecting like a book or something like that for reference, but I think the easiest thing to do is grab a piece of paper and a journal and like at the top, what the hell am I afraid of? And let it all out. Some of the biggest challenges we face are ignoring the fact that there's part of us that's trying to help us by being scared and it's trying to give us some sort of a warning by being scared and we just push through. It's um, unfortunately kind of a systemized misogyny <laughs> at this point in every culture. Just don't acknowledge, don't acknowledge your feelings push through and take action. And actually that creates blocks later on. I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of people or coaches or health people. They start off like they shoot up and then they burn out super fast and just mm. ash because they shoot off with that, like take charge energy. And that only goes for so far. If there's blocks and there's others pulling you down underneath, they're still going to come. So I would address what's going on first. Like myself, um, I didn't start my business because of those underlying fears of getting institutionalized and people literally thinking I was crazy and I needed to acknowledge those in myself, give them respect because those are parts of me that were legitimately trying to help me. And once I was able to respect and love those parts of myself, then it was a lot easier to move forward. Because even if people do call me on the carpet or call me crazy, I'm like, just don't call me normal because that's my N word. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I wanted to ask you too, like the interesting thing is that I find a lot of the stories that I hear, you know, people mm-hmm. that are really tapped into their spirituality or are actually, I'm going to say, well, everybody's spiritual, but you know what I mean? Like haven't really understood their full capacity of like how, how mm-hmm. spiritual they really, really are. I always find that there is a lot of self-doubt there. There's a lot of self-loathing. There's a lot of um, lack of self-respect. Like why do you think that is more so with people that are a little bit more emotionally tuned in and tuned, tap, tap, <laughs> tuned in, and tuned in tapped. all that stuff. <laughs> Um, I really do think it's because of like the the cultural norms that we have now internationally. My background actually is in anthropology because I I love history, but I love studying people, not necessarily like war dates. Um, but around eh, like the 1300s, there started to become this big shift in consciousness socially, and this is worldwide where um, you're kind of the, the more I guess yin energies or feminine energies were looked down on having feelings and, you know, women who would cry, they're hysterical and things like that. So um, part of it is really the culture. Cause when you are spiritual, you feel your connection to mm-hmm. everything and you feel on a very, very deep level. You're not particularly reactive throughout the day, but you feel so very deeply. And we're actually taught that feeling is weakness. We're taught that feeling is what, what else being a sissy, I don't know what other crap have you heard being hysterical, being moody, emo, um, like all kinds of ugly things. So first you have to acknowledge like, okay, I'm not emo. I'm not a sissy. I'm not a long list of ugly misogynistic titles and be like, you know, actually I am a sentient being connected to all these other ones. I, and I, I jokingly call my movement, the love and the people who follow along love rebels. Cause right now it's, it's, like normal to be hateful and just, Oh, I'm mad at this. I'm mad at that. Let's build a wall. Yeah. Totally. But it's not to be like, why don't we just sit around and love each other and understand each other? Like that's the rebellious attitude right now, but you have to give yourself permission to be a rebel. I like that. <laughs> I'm just thinking all the things I want to be a rebel on right now. Um, right? <laughs> tell me about the masculine and feminine energy for you. Have you, did you kind of start more in the masculine, shift more into the feminine? What was the story like for you there when it comes to the yin and the yang? Yeah. For me, um, growing up, I was actually like a lot more in the masculine energy because I had a very abuse, physically abuse and emotionally abusive household. So I kind of had to for defensiveness. And then I grew up with like that as just kind of my, personality even though it wasn't it's just a defense mechanism for a long time just taking Uh, care of things like exactly and then i swung back the other way when i had you know nine months of being bedridden with nothing but feeling and feeling my broken ribs and feeling my broken sternum and all that stuff and then i've been trying to make a balance and it's funny because i guess now i've got i'd say more of like a ziggy stardust energy like it's so androgynous but it's also like sparkly and twinkly and, and made up and pretty but it's super androgynous otherwise now. It's funny, it's funny like, that you were in bed for nine months with your accident because that's kind of like <laughs> the gestation time of creating something. Right? Yeah, it was the birth of a new me. I got, that's actually when I first started really believing in the law of attraction too because I was dating a guy who um, his ex hit someone as a drunk driver and he 
like bailed her out. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. So I was super pissed about this whole drunk driving thing for two days straight. And then guess what? I tracked directly to me. Right. Drunk driver going about 72 miles an hour when they recreated wow. the accident. Yeah, my car battery came up through the carriage and like busted my knee open. They had to get my car out with the jaws of life. The frame was like ridiculous. It was bad. <laughs> my chest is still, my sternum only stops here when it should be about six inches lower. It was really bad. But I spent two days with very strong feelings and repeating drunk driver. So the universe was like, all right, you really want a drunk driver. Here you go. <laughs> Oh, that it, was sucks, it sucks when the law of attraction shows up, right? I've had those experiences too where it's just like, you know you attracted it, right? You know you Yes. So annoying. Actively. Yeah, and then I birthed a new me. <laughs> so what do you think is the best equation for people when it comes to energy, when it comes to the masculine energy and the feminine energy? Because I've been talking about this lately a lot in my group and obviously it's different for everybody like whatever it like really like you know works out to be um for me though too I always found that I was always trying to do things more in the masculine energy first kind of like that control the situation like get all stuff done like do what you can because especially to if you are a little bit more a type personality for creating things you are a little bit more in the masculine energy because you want to do them yourself you know what i mean like you you feel like nobody else is going to get it done or what have you but i found right. it a little bit tricky to kind of move more into the feminine energy i had to almost be extremely aware and extremely um have that intention to do so right and be like always kind of checking in with myself is that what happened for you as well yeah. And, um, it's funny cause I didn't realize I had like a, for me, I had for a long time, a very strong balance of both. It's just that they were on the toxic side of both. Um, cause I was hyper aware of my feelings. I was hyper aware of my situations and hyper aware of pretty much everything. Like not only growing up abused, which is just that hyper, um, sense of hyper vigilance. There we go. Is part of it. And being autistic, I just analyzed everything. So that part actually was there. It was just not in a good way. It was like threat assessment. And I've changed that to like gratitude assessment. Mm -hmm. um, I've even changed it in my words too. like the times that I would have wanted to say, like, go F off. I say, thank you for whatever it may be. Um, and then in my masculine energies, it was very much like, go, 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 ignore the feelings. And you're being too sensitive. It was my, <laughs> my masculine energy was pretty narcissistic so it was also kind of teaching that nar narcissism in a normal way because we do actually need some normal narcissism like no give me five minutes it's my time to brush my teeth no give me five minutes I'm gonna go poop by myself like we do need that <laughs> right but for me it was like balancing both of those to like I really had to learn to emotionally parent because I had them both in in balances but they were at extreme unhealthiness and equal amounts of extreme unhealthy. So, parenting for me. <laughs> where do you think the, <laughs> I was going to ask you, where do you think the world's going to end up? Um, I was, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about like the consciousness of the world, right? Because when we're talking about extremes, like there are extremes happening right now, right? Yeah. And I find that, you know, whether it be social media or not, I find that we're just hearing about a lot of extremes more, although they've probably always been there. But when there are a lot of people actively trying to raise their consciousness, be better people, spread, you know, spread the vibration of love, all of that kind of stuff. And then it seems like the, the darker side of things are showing up that much darker as well. 
what's your kind of take on that and and what do you think <laughs> what do you think yeah. <laughs> well part of it is we all are connected so as one vibration rises so does another but um dark doesn't actually always have to be bad because i mean if you go to adjust a selfie and you turn the brightness all the way up and you don't fix the contrast it looks like hell right mm -hmm. you just see this weird washed out like Ugh. so darkness isn't always bad but there and just like light isn't always good either. Like if you get pulled over and you see that spotlight behind you, like, oh, shit. <laughs> so many it's going to get bad. <laughs> <laughs> but as things are coming up in cycles, we are given just because that's the way that this vibration works. It works on choice, regular physical manifested reality. Um, and I, I won't say unfortunately, but it's on individual choices. So it's very, we have to be very individually responsible of, have a utilitarian way of managing our energy that's best for all mm -hmm. but as things say we also get like what could be dregs what's coming up like hey do you guys really want to continue this do you are you sure about this are you sure like right now a big one that's coming up is racism and the universe is in the creation whatever people want to call it that maybe is like are you sure you want to maintain this vibration some more are you sure are you sure about this? And humanity is responding as though, yes, we are, because we're bickering back at each other, all mad about this race and that race. And I'm super mixed race, and I'm from a Cuban family where, like, I've got – I've even in myself, I'm, like, black, white, Hispanic, native, like, peoples, all kinds of mixes. And that's how my family is, too, so it's never a big thing. And I'm glad that ancestry and those things are coming out because we're all very mixed, but we're fighting so hard to feel special and um, the universe is kind of sho shoving all this in our face of like, okay, do you really want to feel special in this way? Or maybe you want to be some of the people that are helping and that are changing and that are disengaging and feel special in a different way. Like right now, there's also a natural disaster with a volcano going off and um, people are like, why do bad things happen? Well, unfortunately, our societies, uh, plural, are such that we generally don't show compassion to each other unless things get that bad. Right. And that's why they kind of, that I've seen anyway, happen in congruence. It's the best I can explain is it's like a chemistry equation. Like they have to balance on both, but just like a chemistry equation, you can also like pop off some solvents that aren't working or pop off some sodiums that you had just as a, a base when you don't need them anymore. So that's our, our invitation to like look at the equation again. Good point. That's the most concise way I could say it. You're good at metaphors. I like it. Thank you. Figure <laughs> things out. It's good. Um, tell me a little bit about like your creative life and the way that you see life as it's kind of like something magical, right? Like for you to kind of just like continue your days and always feel I don't know inspired, good, magical about them. What do you? What are some of your practices that you do, or what are some of the things that you like to do? Um, I always start my day off right. That's a big one. It's first thing in the morning. Like it took me a very long time to. I still wouldn't call myself a morning person, but I'm no longer a morning hater. <laughs> I really hated the mornings for a long time. I was a night owl, and getting up before 8 a.m. was physically painful. So um, the first 10, 15 minutes of the day, I infuse a lot of joy into it, things that make me happy. I've got a little playlist on YouTube that right off the bat makes me happy, and um, when my alarm goes off, I start that going. Uh, and so it's playing in the background and I get up and I don't force myself to be committed to a routine. I just want to like love myself mm -hmm. somehow or another for about five minutes. And that's usually like gentle stretching with that's like hugging and really reconnecting to myself. Um, and then after that, actually, one of my dear friends, we hop onto a mindset call and just uh, start talking as if 
for whatever the reality is we're trying to manifest for eh, 30, 45 minutes. We just, you know, catch up as girlfriends, but like in this reality of like, oh my God, I just had lunch with Tony Robbins and it was amazing. And he's going to be doing my opening. I'm so excited. He's going to be, be a keynote speaker at my retreat. Um, as well as I do actual like practical magic, um, combinations of like Wicca and shamanism and all kinds of things, just whatever gets filtered through me for things that are needed. And every single day, multiple times a day, I clean out my energy. Um, that's something that most people don't do at all. But if you're going through vibrations and doing any work whatsoever on yourself, you want to clear out the old crap too. Even if I'm like, if you don't know anything about spirit hygiene, not you, Sarah, I know you do, but for people watching this later, just take like two seconds to tune into your heart space, imagine a big white light, let it connect all the way down to earth, all the way up to heaven, and then expand until your body basically disappears. And that's everything as above, so below, clearing out your energy and doing that at least once a day. You'll notice immediately after you are lighter. Well, I think that I even, like, I even catch myself, like, I'm guilty about not doing that sometimes, like, and I'll be like, why does my day suck today? Or like, you know, what's going on here? How do I feel bad? And it's like, oh, well, you haven't done, like, these, like, super simple fun practices in, like, a really long time, or a few days, or maybe something like that, right? It's like, oh, yeah. And it's really interesting that we kind of get into the groove of things and just kind of are like, eh, you know, and then it just kind of slips our mind, but it is important to have that routine or that toolbox that you can kind of like go into and you're not feeling your best right because mm -hmm. technically I mean no we don't have to feel our best all the time and and I would definitely tell anybody that you know sometimes when I am in a bad mood I almost kind of like to stay in it for a moment and witness it because it's like this doesn't happen all the time it's like very weird <laughs> but yeah. I like to kind of stay in it and then I'll be like okay now I'm done <laughs> I want to get out of it I mean, we're given all of these emotions and experiences, so we use all the colors in our crayon box. And I've noticed, too, my manifestation, like, speeds up when I'm letting myself cycle completely through things, including feeling grief, feeling whatever it is. So that's another practice, because I was never a crier mm -hmm. for a long time. Like, <laughs> if anyone here is watching that's a trauma survivor, you're like, yuck. Um, you just learn not to, but there's still all that deep sadness. And so I actually give myself, like, little sad, literal pity parties once in a while, like where I let myself cry and watch a movie that makes me sad, whatever. And then like, I've got candles and um, crystals and all this stuff afterwards that makes me happy and that I enjoy and I have music on and then I celebrate afterwards. I don't get sad too often. I don't get like, well, anger is a different thing. I do, I'm a Leo. I get defensive for people. Like people are mean. I'm like, right. But just like you were saying about the dark and the light, like, our, our, our happiness is so much better when we can, you know, appreciate and also cycle through and let go of something that was heavier on us, right? And not ignore it. And it's still so crazy, I find. And I mean, I, I can't believe that I'm actually shocked by this sometimes, but there's still so many people out there, I'm sure that you talk to as well, or that come across your path that are not processing any of their emotions. And I think that it's it's just interesting, right? When you can kind of even see it from a perspective of that's something that you've been doing for quite some time. And I know a lot of people don't know how, but it's just, I find it's just, how, how are you going about your day, right? It's just, it's crazy. Like people are walking around with such a heavy weight, right? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I don't know why I can't sleep at night and I'm depressed and I'm anxious and I'm, you name all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, the one I hear often is women, um, mm -hmm. you know, being a little bit more emotional than men usually, but holding on to weight, 
right? Holding on to weight, and that's just such a um, yes. what? It, well, it's not even a metaphor. It's just the truth, right? I mean, we hold on to weight because it is protecting us in some way, or it's the it's the emotions, right? It's mm-hmm. and we can finally like you know release a lot of this stuff. It's like that's when actually a lot of your weight can release. That you don't have to be on slim fast. Yeah, <laughs> right? your body with more chemicals. Right. Um, what would you say is something that you would really promote um, for other people that are wanting to bring a little bit more creativity or magic into their life? Like, is there something that you like to tell your clients to do or even people that you work with? Yeah, um, actually, I would really recommend you getting your ideas from your inner child. Mm. Your inner child like knows the best way to um, there's a visualization I'll walk my clients through to where they're in a safe place and they can actually like converse with their inner child. Um, and everyone can do it actually for themselves too. Or you can so much as just get a, a journal out and a piece of paper and like inner child, what do you want to do? And a lot of the things that I do are stuff that I um, was either told I wasn't so good at when I was a kid. And so I just stopped doing um, like drawing and painting. Like, I have a weird way of drawing and painting and everyone said it was bad when I was little. And now that I'm older, they're like, that's cool. That's unique. And I just started like about maybe a year ago or so because um, my inner child loved doing that and everyone was negative about it. Uh, one of the other things is dancing because I, again, just a weird, quirky one. And uh, I think my parents had me in ballet for like not even two weeks before I got (laughs) kicked out because I couldn't follow the rules and I didn't like the leotard and all that stuff. But I still love dancing. And so I'll put on music and like dance around the house and stuff um, as my, and then got my creative side flowing first because I did never think of myself as a creative person for a long time. And what I find has been happening for me even the past year is that, well, how can I explain this? Well, when I I look at the things that really, really make me happy, we'll call them like aligned tasks or aligned things that I want to be working on, especially like incorporating into my business and different things like that. Mm -hmm. I've been really trying to simplify things and kind of go back to basics. And when I think about going back to basics as much as I possibly can, I'm just reminded of the things that I've always loved. Like, like since you were saying, like since childhood, right? Like since you were like nine, 10, like, or even younger than that. And when I start working on those things and and kind of aligning them with my business and what I'm going to be doing and, and providing to following or what have you it's in it's such a happy place to be because you feel like you are back to basics you feel like there is no judgment like there is no society right and it's it's yeah. just a really cool place to create from because it's 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 like the primary colors right like you're just kind of going back there yes and they're still fun, even though they're basic. They're, they're yeah. brun, bright and vibrant and fun. <laughs> so what, it, what are some of the things that you are going to be working on in the near future that we can watch from you? <laughs> it's funny you ask this this week because I just came out of the closet with a couple of things that I was a little terrified to announce. Um, so <laughs> bear with me as I choke through them again. No, I'll do it. I'll do it well. Um, I've been asked for a long time to do group coaching, but I, again, hand-holding, not my thing. And so my brain was like, ah, but um, I have so much knowledge in my head already just from learning a ton, plus I've got access to infinity, and I want to teach everyone to be able to access it partially so I can stop repeating myself <laughs> when they ask me questions, but partially so they could see, like, it's beautiful out there. It's so loving. Like you, Most people that go visit, they end up coming back crying, not with sadness at all. It's just that 
that's a, a level of love that their physical bodies had never experienced and it's like leaking out of their face you know so the group coaching experience will definitely not only cover like all the psyche stuff and the beliefs and you know all that but handling the multiverse and i kind of want to use that as an intro to Training is a bad word, but I guess I do need to apply it in this way, like training other versions of me so that those who do need help with the more, it's not basic because the stuff I do is actually very advanced. I just make it very simple so it's easier. Mm -hmm. um, like cloning yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so others can walk through like the hard part and they can get to me when they're ready to walk through the universe and they've got their self-trust and their self-love and all that stuff because um, – I do realize that it's a simple process, but I also realize people need support through it, mm -hmm. but that's not my zone of genius. And so I'm also setting that up in the next year. Like, yeah, basically creating other me so that it'll be an affiliate thing. Like they'll run their own groups and, but they'll have everything set up by me. Like here's the class, here's how you do it. They'll have been trained by me as well. So they know how to do it properly. Yeah. Um, and especially since it's so much psychology along with it, like I'm really, I'm very stringent on making sure people's psyches are taken excellent care of and then from there that should free me up to be able to do some live events uh, i have a group called simply third sport where we all talk about all this stuff and and get to bond but we've never most of us haven't met each other in real life so i want to start doing maybe once or twice a year like a live event where people not only learn how to hack the multiverse pretty quickly because it's really not as hard as it sounds um, but get to meet each other and like connect and and see like other human beings and give them hugs and like it's we're all in a digital age we're like yeah things are accessible but not like other people yeah. <laughs> other humans are not really that accessible like i love talking to you but i've never gotten to give you a hug like how cool would that be if we could actually give each other hugs in real life yeah. i think about that all the time it's so funny like we create these strong relationships with people online and yeah. It's just an interesting thing to think about, right? It's like, I would say that 98% of the people that I am close with online or do interviews with or talk to often, I've never met before. Isn't that a crazy idea? Where it's like back in the day, we only knew people that we met in person, right? That is it. So it's just such a big, huge shift. And um, But that's why I think that the in-person events are so powerful and also like with the intention setting and just the energy within them is just I think they're amazing and I do think that people get so much more out of them than ever not going so I mean if you are somebody that is listening and you haven't gone to an event before and there's something that resonates with you like I know it can be a little bit scary right I remember my first event I was a bit nervous I was like oh, what, what are we gonna do who am I gonna what do, do? <laughs> but it was so fun and so you just take so much away from it right yeah very yeah, cool. and just like actually doing that with other human beings too. It's so nice to like grow with people. Absolutely. I know there's probably so many people that you know online that you feel like you've grown with, right? Like over the past number of years too, right? They've kind of been. Oh, on God. Yeah. And yeah. it's been nice because like as my business grows, I'm getting to the place where I am able to like meet them in real life too. I, this year I met a few of my friends that I generally wouldn't have that were, I mean, one was in Bali, one's in Texas, one's in Canada, one's in other side of Canada, actually. <laughs> one was Toronto, one was BC. Um, and either me going out to them or vice versa, or just them moving randomly, I've been able to actually like meet me to these people. And so I know the universe is trying to get to a place of having like-minded people actually be friends in real life and like get the tribes. Because actually back when we ran in the tribe system, like we didn't hate each other. And when we did war, it's for like valid reasons, you know, like, hey, you, you stole our cow or something like that. Yeah. And it's nice 
not only to see some of that coming back, but like I want to actively be part of it and start creating happy little tribes. Well, until next time, check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun and creative things for you to take part in. Thanks for listening.